It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Hi everybody, this is the Cricket Badger podcast. Each badger marks the track with its own scent. His black legs are short but very powerful for digging. The name badger probably comes from the French word bécher, meaning digger. I think Azim said this in almost as many words yesterday they would have had to have been a completely different person type of people and type of institution to to care and if they were we wouldn't be where we are now and Azim wouldn't have had to have gone through the half a lifetime of of, of horror that he has that he has gone through but we are we are not in that position on the on the money uh in, incidentally Lily asked a couple of questions on on this whether any sponsors will actually want to come to Yorkshire or, or come back to to Yorkshire. Uh, it's a hell of a hard sell that Lord Patel's got in front of him. I, I think this is a good... I, I've been saying... I've been doing a lot of interviews over the last couple of days. So I've got, kind of got, almost got this off pat now. But I, I think Azim has given Yorkshire a golden ticket. It doesn't feel like it now because basically Yorkshire's been kicked in the guts and it's at the bottom of that Grand Canyon that I spoke about earlier. But this is a chance for the game. It's a chance for Yorkshire to actually show... I mean, Yorkshire's, I've lived here ages now, and Yorkshire's a wonderful county. It's got some fantastic people, some fantastic places, and it's got a wide um, multicultural um, you know, population. It's a fantastic chance, this, for Yorkshire to actually show that population that it represents everybody that you know is interested in cricket and beyond. And they've got, have got to grasp it. They've got to listen to people, take Yorkshire forward. And if they do that, and if they start to show that they're on that road forward and they're actually taking it seriously, it's going to be a better club than it even was before. Because basically, I mean, don't, don't kid yourself. This isn't just the last three years. There's been racism in, in Yorkshire cricket for decades in various guises. This is a chance for a new Yorkshire or a, you know, a new start for Yorkshire. And if I was a sponsor, as soon as I see that, I'm thinking that's something I want to buy into. I think sponsors want, still want to be involved with Yorkshire cricket if it's a good news story and if they're actually making progress and pushing the club forward and being genuinely inclusive, that is a great news story. 
To go back to the word leverage that we mentioned earlier, it strikes me that there is a chance, and um, Michael Holding has talked about this, about large companies getting involved um, and in some ways holding sporting bodies to to account in a sort of um, consumer power sense. There, there is a chance for a brand of a certain type, at least, or with a certain vision to to try and effect some change with, 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 and actually almost take advantage of the fact that money talks uh, in a, in a, in a positive sense. This is great opportunity for any company. Look, I'm, I'm going to be cynical here um, and, uh, and sort of put my business hat on. Yorkshire are at a low ebb. If you can see that they're on a upward uh, curve there, um, they're starting to em- embrace um, uh, the diversity um, which could make them strong again, then you're getting in at the ground level. It is going to be cheap to sponsor Yorkshire if you can see it on an upward curve. Um, you know, if they're embracing uh, everyone, um, then, then they're the mighty ducks and everyone wants to sponsor the mighty ducks. Um, and That's, if you can take that... It's probably not the best name for a cricket team, is it? <laughs> it worked, worked for Aylesbury. Uh, I still remember them, and I've seen them once on Match of the Day about 30 years ago. Um, I think the sports film it, analogy we're looking for, really, is remember the Titans at this point, uh, yeah. bringing together divided communities uh, with uh, with uh, charisma. Um, but you get a 10-year, 10-year deal with Yorkshire at the moment on absolute bottom dollar, and... If they continue in that upward way, dictate terms. You've got a chance to dictate terms. Yeah, to make your support contingent. What about this, chaps? The cricket badger podcast stadium. Oh, I like that badger. The badger Uh, arena. I I I could see a Rafiq stand. I I I might have a a cheeky fiver on uh, him for the uh, unsung hero at um, sports personality of. uh, Of the year, there, because there uh, are various baubles that he will not take right now and shouldn't. <laughs> um, we we weren't really. Azim was very conscious of yesterday and very uh, very good on very original on. Actually, this is something I've not heard so much because we do hear a lot about participation at the grassroots level. We do talk about a lot about funneling people into the bottom of the of the pathway, whether it's the ACE program, which does work a little bit more multi-level or inspiring generations or the South Asian action plan. Um, Facebook user, um, this, this person on Facebook says grassroots have been a part of an accreditation process that covers racism run by the ECB and overseen by their own County boards, but they've failed their own tests. And I think that's, that's entirely, that, that that's entirely right. That um, even the guidelines that are in place, whether they're fit for purpose or not is one question, but, who is actually making sure that people follow their own guidelines uh, here? And we've seen within Yorkshire, James, that we saw Roger Pugh, who was the who was a, a club chair, said some appalling things. Um, I, don't know if, I don't know if you read. Did you read? And the, is he um, now? Am I right in thinking that he's now up for chairmanship of a league? Yeah, South Yorkshire. No, uh, Barnes, anyway, I don't he, he want was, to say just in case remo- get it wrong. I believe he was removed as. Uh, from a leadership position at Barnsley Cricket Club, and is now up for chairmanship of the league. He, um, 
I think he was chairman of the league and now he's going to Barnsley, isn't he? I think he's that, it's that way around, isn't it? But I, I saw on the um, Azim's uh, statement of evidence um, some implication there for the Yorkshire County Cricket Club that they'd actually sanctioned him putting that comment on the site. So, um, yeah, got, got, I definitely got the impression when I was talking to Azim at various stages during the um, the process that there were people out to try and kind of knock him off his path. Um, and we got a bit well, paranoid letter, at one stage. That letter yeah. said very much the same sort of thing that Roger Pugh said, the one that uh, got leaked um, a few weeks ago uh, from, was it, 13 or 14 Yorkshire employees saying, um, why aren't we bringing Azim's character um, into question? as a uh, defence mechanism, um, as if anyone acting like a, a tool um, is any kind of justification for racist well, it's abuse. Like, it's like um, me, Neil, it's like me saying to you and Knuckle, right, I, I really like Knuckle. Knuckle's a stand-up bloke. I'm not going to be racist to Knuckle, but Neil, you're an absolute... So you can... Yeah, yeah. He, well, he can't... It, it would be naive to think that that prioritization doesn't happen. And the way that this works, as as my experience and from what I've read, is that if you are somebody who believes unconsciously or consciously that people who do not belong to your dominant group, uh, whether that is men, white people, white men, um, whether that is straight people. Um, able able bodied people as opposed to disabled people, um, whatever that whatever it might be, uh, cisgender rather than transgender people. You you will believe that anyone who is other is lesser and therefore is is worthy of less treatment and is essentially a lower class of human. That's how that's how racism develops. That's how anti black and anti brown racism develops in the West. Uh, to to essentially to justify the slave trade. Read Michael Holding's book. He does it. He says that much, he outlines that much much better than I have just done it. Yes. Um, um, but what you do then is that you you make exceptions. So and so is an honorary a not you, but that but those those lot not you, but oh not you, mate. You're all right. Mm. That there's not a person of color in the country who hasn't heard that at least once. The the uh, Uncle Tom figure. I, or, or, or not even that, or not even, but I'm talking from, you know, bloke in pub or whoever it might be, just or you know, senior figure at, um, uh, uh, in the club second team when you're a young player in the thirds or whatever it or whatever it might be, taxi driver. Um, yeah. You're you know, all right, but it's the other C- ones. CEO, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And what they're doing is essentially bracketing you as an honorary white person or an honorary one of so, them. So if you're Azim and you start having a couple of beers with Gary Balance and you kind of, you're staying out a bit later and all the rest of it and you're fitting into the team's mentality, that means that you're okay. Yeah, and or if you don't say You're trying to tell you, yourself and you are. Yeah. Or if you don't rock the boat or if you nervously laugh along with the, um, even if it doesn't necessarily directly affect you, like if you nervously laugh along or don't call out the general casual homophobia or general casual misogyny that you will hear at most cricket clubs, let's be honest, or football clubs or whatever it might be, or um, then if you start rocking the boat, as they would see it, if you start standing up for yourself or for uh, or for other people, then you're seen as a problem. 
uh, and so we've seen this time and time again. If you're a 15 year old lad at Barnsley Cricket Club and somebody's pouring red wine down your throat in a moving car, and you and you start to basically complain about that, that's probably out of order, isn't it? You shouldn't really complain in that situation. Uh, that that was the worst part of yesterday. I thought. I mean, a 15 year old kid of Muslim faith getting red wine poured down his throat is absolutely horrendous. It's very interesting that um, it's very interesting the point at which people start to. Um, take other people's religious beliefs seriously um so that's okay but the fact that azim rafiq chose to drink alcohol to fit in when he's a muslim is somehow uh that makes him a worse uh, a worse human being the 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 mental gymnastics to care about the the, the tenets of islam uh, quite apart from the fact that no matter who you know let it it sounds astonishingly naive in the in the context of what we've just been talking about but if you are how if you are holding someone down and pouring alcohol down their throat, they probably don't want to drink it. Uh, well, somebody said to me yesterday, Knuckle, a friend of mine who is a recovering alcoholic and has you know doing rather well, um, and he said, I can't imagine if I'd you know gone to a local club or something and they held me down and poured wine down my neck after all I've been through, and. Well, there's no real difference there, is there? It's against your will on something you really don't want to intake. I mean, it's just wrong. Or, it's even, if, or even if you didn't want to drink. Uh, I mean, that, that, yeah. there's that, that. I mean, that's a more extreme example. But the the pressure to be to to drink if you don't want to drink is a, is a whole separate conversation about how British men socialize. Um, Facebook user, uh, another Facebook user, is quite right. Steve, uh, thank you, Steve. Uh, it's worrying that those 13 to 40s employees are still at the club can will I, make any lasting change one? much more difficult. Yeah, James, go ahead. Because I, I worked there, and I know how that club club runs. This investigation, and I know people, when I say stuff like this, sort of say, well, you don't. Um, this investigation has been dealt with by the top deck. Yeah, HR, CEO, director of cricket, um, chairman. Most of those members of staff of that club did not have any clue what was going on. Um, and as I say, you don't walk around that club hearing the P word to your right and then the N word to your left and then somebody being assaulted down further down the street. It's, you know, generally speaking, day to day, if you're just going to work and you get on with it, you would not know anything was, anything was strange. So I, I think the 13, 14 employees... I, I still know people at the club. There are some very, very hard-working, good people at Yorkshire County Cricket Club that shouldn't be tarnished with the rest of everything that's going on at the moment. And I can only think that the 13 or 14 employees have only been see, hearing one side of this story and have been and are worried for their jobs. They've got kids, they've got mouths to feed, they've got everything else going on. It doesn't make it right, but it, it's kind of people are human. And I, I wouldn't necessarily. I, I don't. I don't agree that they've done what they've done and that how it was phrased. But I, I, I don't want to see everybody at Yorkshire tarnished with everything that's gone on there. But that, it's very difficult for that not to be the case, given the magnitude of what's happened, uh, and given the. But if, if, if given, Matthew, given the if, either if, lack if, of leadership or the or the hostile. If your bosses though leadership. are telling you, if your bosses are telling you that Azim's the problem here. Martin's look at Martin, he's going off sick. It's it's horrible. And look at Mark, he's probably gonna to have to resign. And Mark's done nothing wrong. You can frame it so that the staff feel sorry for the club rather than the individual who they haven't seen for years on end. Um so I I I I'm not necessarily condoning what they've done, 
I, I can understand how that would happen at Yorkshire because the culture is such that it would actually drive people do, to do that. Cricket's a game played with balls. You've got to look after them in the field. Badges are furry creatures. My friends at manscaped.com help you make sure it's neat and tidy down there. Oh, get rid of all that excess fur. Make sure that you're neat and tidy. Make sure everything's in the right order. Oh, feeling all good now down in this set. Oh, manscaped.com. Maximum skin-safe performance. Compact design. Advanced engineering. Ceramic blade. Waterproof. And it doesn't end there. Show you care by caring for your pair. Cleansers. Revivers. Preservers. Simply go to manscaped.com. Quote the discount code BADGER. You get 20% off, you get free shipping, and you get some seriously quality equipment. Manscaped.com. Get on there now. It's very difficult for me to want to cut anybody any slack uh, right now, given what has happened. Um, I agree. I agree. And I I was really disappointed when I I saw that 14 people had signed that letter. And I know Azim was absolutely gutted by it, but I, um, yeah, I, I, I just think it's dangerous for people that on the outside who have never worked inside the club, or to actually just basically think that everybody inside that club is a racist bigot, and they none of them should stay there because that is far from true. It was quite oh, yeah. uh, scary, only, though. If only um, practically, sorry, go ahead. Uh, it, it was quite scary, though, as you said. They're only getting um, partial truths, um, and uh, but the the tone and the contents of that letter speak yeah. towards the fiefdom that Arthur and Moxon um, had, um, where basically they it, ran everything and they basically controlled the, the information. Uh, it underlines the flow. culture, Neil, doesn't it? It underlines the culture yeah. that's created from the top. Yeah, to- totally agree. There are people who have who have very entirely bought into, um, or have, or have felt themselves, uh, or have been pressurable into uh, buying into into that culture, um, which I suspect will become will come under the heading of white rose values. Uh, well, in a few, in a few the thing is, then, Michael, when it's the culture of the organisation and it's been allowed to grow and it's strong enough to actually pervade through the kind of very skeleton of the organisation. You work there for a bit. You become that, don't you? That's, but it that's can the be changed. Uh, 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 you it can be changed under yeah, under Gillespie. Uh, Gillespie changed yeah. it. You said you didn't have um, that issue uh, from anecdotes that I've heard. Um, you know, people can stand up and change things. I heard an anecdote of Rob Key doing that at, at Kent. That's, that's, what it takes that's exactly, is, yeah, that's exactly what it needs as well. And it, I don't think yeah. it takes too much. I don't think it takes too much of that club. If you take the top deck out and you basically go in and you say, this is not acceptable. And if you hear anybody saying anything remotely racist or homophobic or whatever, tell them to stop. And if they don't stop, report it. And you basically, you, you lay your cards on the table, don't you? And say, this is not going to continue. This is not tolerated. This is, And as soon as you start doing that and people see the actions taken about anybody that transgresses, you, you end that culture, it goes. It's, it can start to go, and you can start to replace it with something healthier. Mm. Um, which is, which is progress. Have those guys. That's progress. 
Yeah. You're, you're always going to have the guys who, who make racist comments. What, what you can do is make that environment inhospitable and uh, for those kind of comments, and you can make it welcoming for uh, people who are in the minority. This is an interesting. This is an interesting point. And Mudassar Nawaz on, on YouTube uh, says that what's missed is the education to what's going on. Instead, it's make people feel bad and guilty, or just completely deny it. But I think that there is there's a lot in what you say. Neil, that it's socially acceptable. Uh, it has been revealed in a parliamentary inquiry and in great detail that at Yorkshire, at some at some other clubs as well, um, we know about some of them. We don't yet know about some more. Um, that it is that it has been socially acceptable to be racist. That it has been socially unacceptable to call out racism. Until you start to change that, you have no hope of changing anything. Yeah, um, you can't. Yeah. You can't change people individuals. Aren't, people aren't embarrassed to be. I mean, just look at the. I, I suspect look some of the voting records of some of the MPs on the on the panel yesterday. Certainly, look at uh, what the top levels of the government are doing with uh, with Preeti Patel announcing today that the government is trying to push through legislation to retroactively strip people of their citizenship almost and and claim national security as a defense or or claim need without giving notice look at what look at Boris Johnson's entire career um it's not socially it's racism's not socially unacceptable or embarrassing anymore i i, if I it ever was believe, if it ever was I, I firmly believe as well that there is nobody on this planet that actually thinks when they say the P word or the N word, or they think they're actually doing something that's clever or, or right. And if they get noticed doing it, that they can defend it. That I mean, there must be some far right people that think that, but in a workplace like Yorkshire, and you're in a dressing room with teammates who are supposed to be your colleagues and friends, if you call somebody the P word, you can't possibly inside your head think that's actually a great thing to say. I think you can, or at least you certainly don't, I think you can, and I think you can under you could think that it's not a hurtful thing to say. Well, if you get We've called out for knuckle, if you get called out for knuckle, there's nobody I know that would actually that would actually say, "Well, I justify saying that." Let's, yeah, I think let's call it. Let's call it out and find <laughs> out, shall we? <laughs> I, I think what Twitter's shown um, is you're getting a lot of people using the um, uh, the description. Uh, excuse, which is uh, quite frankly uh, effing ridiculous. Um, considering Sorry, that? that our, uh, uh, the, the, so this is the George George De Bell did a really good answer to that. He told a story where he was in a press box and somebody was using the p word, and he said um, he basically said, Don't, "Can you not use that word, please, in the press box?" And the bloke said, "It's just an abbreviation." And he says, "Well, mate, we're here for seven hours. You can say the whole." word can't you <laughs> I yeah. i've been called it i'm of indian descent uh i, I don't i don't think uh people ever uh bother to actually drill down into which part yeah. of the subcontinent you come from well or, or, or in lily's case earlier um um just being vaguely brown um yes um and uh, yes yes calling uh calling calling bigots stupid is low-hanging fruit but we're gonna but why not um but yes uh 
the the only time that the p word has been has been uh uh used at me i think pointing out that my parents are both from india would not have helped the situation uh <laughs> particularly um i did once manage to defuse a racist situation by uh when someone told me to go back home i said i don't want to go back to hull uh, um, but that could e- that could equally have got me be- beaten up. But I think that I I wanted to mention this earlier is that um, we we talked a little bit about um, and we this came up in the in the Twitter space that James and and I and, and Neil were on yesterday proximity to whiteness. Um, uh, Azim Rafiq as a practicing Muslim as a uh, as a man, as a man with a beard, as somebody who was born in Pakistan and uh, moved to the UK relatively late in 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 childhood, um, I have been astonishingly lucky in my life that I've had very little direct racism. Some, a lot, a fair amount of the uh, of the "Where are you really from?" and the "No, not you, the other ones" type. I speak like this. I. Uh, I've lived in England all my life. I'm relatively light-skinned. I'm Indian. I'm Hin. I'm my parents are Hindu and Sikh rather than Muslim. Although again, bigots don't don't care. But uh, but that that's how it is. Uh, I dress a certain way. I can talk about football. I can talk about um, whatever it might whatever it might be. I can pass essentially. Um, and a lot of people don't have that 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 luxury and um i've heard a few people say you know this is nothing to do with 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 cricket this is a uh or that you should somehow keep um you know people who tell you to, to keep the two separate other people don't have people don't have the luxury of being azim rafiq doesn't have the luxury of being apolitical or to or to separate um uh or to separate uh sport and society um, I don't think I do either, and I don't think the rest of us should act like we do. Um, uh, I, think, I think Azim over the last three years wished he had. <laughs> but um, he's been forced down a certain road, isn't he? Yeah, it's amazing when people people say keep um, keep the politics out of sports. Um, you know, they, they, they're not talking about... Um, Basil Dolivera, uh, apparently. That, that that was particularly amusing uh, with the Quentin de Kock thing. They're not talking about Jesse Owens. Not talking about sport, which has been introduced to the world via colonialism. Um, it The two are inextricably uh, intertwined. They're, they're um, not talking about women not being allowed into the Lord's Pavilion until the late 90s. Well, were, were women actually... Was it legal for women to play cricket throughout the years i know for football wasn't it illegal until like 1980 the, the fa banned organized women's football through the 20th century uh no it was it was it was very legal and in fact there was more women's test cricket played uh then than there is there is now but that's an entirely separate um uh con conversation um i'm gonna put this comment up from another facebook user um with the proviso i don't i don't uh that um well, actually, Yorkshire have been a conveyor belt because they have such a huge pool of talent. They don't give a crap about people. They just exit with the form at the time and wash their hands when people are injured or struggling and they can move on. The smaller counties value talent and help through thick and thin. Not entirely sure that's true, and I'm sure we may find out some examples of that. Steve Oldham and Doug Paget were probably worse than the current crop. Um, there, there is a, there's a little bit in that. 
Uh, but it's also worth pointing out that Azim Rafiq was a very strong performer for Yorkshire in T20 cricket during his second spell. Um, that that didn't help either. Um, this has been Azim was Azim was a very good player. I mean, I, I started at the club, um, and Joe Root, Azim, Gary Balance, and Johnny Bairstow, all kind of similar um, age. And they were all coming through the academy. That academy team won the Yorkshire title that year against you know the men's teams of, of the big teams around the, the county. And I I like to think I know a little bit about cricket. Um, and I said, all four of those are going to play for England. The... Um, yeah, there's no doubt in my mind that Joe Root, who absolutely superb, Johnny Bairstow, obviously proven, Gary Balance played for England and probably should have played more. Um, and Azim should have played for England. He had had enough talent to play for England. There was no doubt about it. He obviously went through his, his struggles at the end of his first tenure. I was really pleased yesterday that the, I mean, the, the kind of negative comments you get were always, um, why did he go back for the second stint then if he was so badly treated? Um, and he kind of explained that yesterday and explained that away that he was in denial and he hated himself. He hates himself for that now. And he obviously went back the second time and it hurt him more and he stood up more. Um, and it was only when he stood up that he was suddenly became from, from being a, a important player and an important cog in the squad, he became a problem. And uh, the exit door was suddenly part of the equation as well. So that kind of um, tells its tale. But he was a really good player, as he. And I mean, he's still only 30. I mean, th- you know, he's a spinner. It, you know, he, he could have another eight years left in him if he could, uh, yeah, if somebody gave him a chance. But he's a level four coach as well. I know we've talked about future career prospects and stuff. Um, and he'd love to get into coaching, I think, if. Uh, if he can stomach going back into cricket and if he thinks cricket's going to accept him because I think there's a little bit of a psychological thing there in his head at the moment. But I'd, I'd love to see him go back into cricket because he's got a lot to offer cricket. Um, and I, I think it, what's scary with this over the last 16 months is um, I know George has had threats to him. I've had threats to me. Azim's definitely had threats to him. I know... Um, I've been taken off all of the lists at Yorkshire. I wasn't on their media list. I wasn't on um, anything that they had. I I think if I, if they got their way and Azim had been shoved to one side and you know, made to disappear, um, it, he wouldn't have ever seen cricket again because cricket would have just turned its back on him because he was a, he would still be seen as the problem, and I probably would never have been able to go to Headingley again. So um, I. That, that kind of tells you the kind of mentality. This is the problem. Let's kick them out. We can move on without them. Um, so I I genuinely, yesterday, looking at Azim doing what he did, um, I had tears in my eyes at some stages through his testimony because I've heard all of that before. It wasn't like new to me. But just obviously the kind of powerful nature of that environment and watching it and knowing the significance of it, feeling a little bit nervous for him at the start and everything like that. It kind of it got to me a little bit, and um, yeah, really, I was really proud of him yesterday. But I kind of I do worry what would have happened to both him and I, to a degree. I'm not so bothered about me because I've got other irons in the fire. I can go off and do tennis commentary or something else. But um, I do wonder what would have happened to him if, um, to, or certainly, the game game would have closed its doors on him if uh, 
if he hadn't got his moment yesterday or hadn't, or the P word being banter hadn't suddenly lit the touch paper and everybody suddenly started to kind of climb on this bandwagon that rolled into Westminster yesterday, you do wonder what the consequences would have been. You do wonder whether the game would have taken an opportunity that has been now thrust upon it um, to to change. And God knows we're in the, well, we're not even at the beginning of the beginning, let alone the, the middle or the end of I am, uh, of that process. Um, cricket's got, cricket and Yorkshire have got two choices here, Knuckle. They either take this seriously and genuinely believe this is an opportunity, genuinely, genuinely take this baton and kind of run with it and take it to the horizon and, and beyond and make cricket perfectly inclusive and as perfect as you can make anything. Or they kind of just could go back to wearing T-shirts and ticking boxes, go through the motions, think they're doing enough. Um, but I'll tell you what as well. I think what, um, I mean, I know George is, I know I am. I know Azim is, and I'm sure other people are too now, after hearing his testimony yesterday. There is a lot more people out there waiting to hold people to account now than there were when we started this 16 months ago. This isn't something new, is it? Uh, specifically with Yorkshire. Yeah, and I, I don't want to point Yorkshire out, but... Um, the, well, I think, I think did, they have to, Neil, because they are rather in the... Um... <laughs> they, 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 well, again, they, they've, you're not saying anything worse than they can possibly have said about themselves. Yeah. They've they've been accused of institutional racism uh, several uh, points throughout throughout their career. Um, Imran Khan, uh, I believe a member of parliament in the 90s as well about the lack of uh, Asian players. Two, two, I think um, it was 2004, and in the 80s, Terry Rooney. 2004, well, Terry Rooney. It goes Rooney, further um, back than that. The, the Telegraph writer Jim White was saying yesterday yeah. that he wrote a piece yeah. in 1990, um, yeah. incidentally, well, before Azim was... Probably, he wrote it, a piece before Azim was born uh, pointing out the the blocking of South Asian players coming up through Yorkshire. The, the, te- the Terry Rooney thing's quite revealing because the club came out quite strongly against that. We are not institutionally racist. How dare you kind of language? Um, and within a few years, they had Ishmael Darwood in the side. Asmar Shazad came through. Adil Rashid came through. Obviously, Moen Ashraf, um, Azim. And all of a sudden, there was... You know, plenty of brown faces on the squad photograph. Kind of the the kind of hubbub from that um, parliamentary kind of complaint that, that Yorkshire was institutionally racist then kind of died down a little bit. People forgot about it because there were Asian people playing for Yorkshire. You look at the squad now. Yeah, you know, there's Adil Rashid, and that's only when in, when Yorkshire playing T Twenty cricket, and he's the only non-white member of staff. Playing or, or coaching or support, the the physios. Um, right. I'm, I'm not sure where Kumar comes from, but he's he, uh, he's uh, okay. Okay, he's a two. person of color. But there's yeah, there's two. But weren't the stories even in the 80s? Uh, what I was reading about was you know it wasn't it even down to quality like in terms of the conveyor belt thing. When opposing teams came, uh, I mean the two that I read about, which amazed me, were. Um, uh, Sid Lawrence um, and and then Viv Richards, the best player in the world at the time, um, got horrendously abused. And the the chairman defended um, Yorkshire uh, about that. 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 Came, somebody said that to me the other day. When Joel Garner and Viv Richards walked out onto Headingley, that's when this racism thing started. Uh, and the chairman 
I can't remember his name, and that's ter- that's terrible of me. But he he basically he was there were complaints came into him about it, and he did nothing. And then somebody I spoke to literally twenty four hours later said, "Oh no, it wasn't then. It was about ten years before then." And then literally I spoke to somebody about twenty four hours later than that, and they said, "No, oh, no, it's twenty four." It's been going on for ages. You know, instances of racism in the crowd, instances of people complaining about it, instances of the club doing nothing about it. If the club had actually stuck its money where its mouth is and stopped ticking boxes and actually said, no, this isn't acceptable, you don't come back in this ground anymore, we wouldn't be talking about this today because there would be that culture. first time I ever went to a Yorkshire game, it was a T20 game uh, when Zahir Khan was the opposition overseas player and I was sat, because it's where we could get tickets in the Western Terrace. And there were racist chants against Zahir Khan, who was fielding on the boundary in front of the Western Terrace, the entire game. Mm. Um, uh, imagine how I felt as a 14-year-old brown boy. Uh, it's, it's horrendous. It's horrendous. And nobody does anything about it. I mean, in, that, in the report, Claire, who's regular on the Cricket Badger podcast, had complained about a member of the crowd um, hurling racist abuse around. And basically, nobody did anything about that either, did they? Until uh, the investigation. Not just a member of the of the oh, yeah. crowd, uh, Harry Brooks' grandfather. Uh, so a grand, a family member of one of the up and coming stars of the club. And it's, it's very interesting, actually. The, Which I, the I mean, I, 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 does that make it any any better or worse? It, I don't think it makes any difference. Is it? It's still a bloke hurling abuse, isn't it? It's. They've got more direct leverage or more direct contact, at least, to yeah. that to that person. Like, it doesn't appear as though Harry Brook was asked to go and have a word with you no. with him. Um, and there are there are a number. I would be very very interested next season to hear how there are a lot of players who have been thought of as the very solid core of Yorkshire through the twenty tens. Steve Patterson. To not just not just the people who have been accused of really egregious stuff like Andrew Gale and Gary Balance, but Tim Bresn, Rich Pyra, Steve Patterson, all of whom would have been thought of as solid club people, good blokes, as it were. I will be very, very interested to hear how county commentators and county writers talk about those people next season, knowing well, what we know cool. about them now. Knuckle. <laughs> We can't get to that far because basically I've been told that I've, I'm responsible for the fact that these guys can't put tracksuits on and walk through Headingley because I've dis- I've disgraced the club. I was told by Chris Waters on Twitter that I've, I'm an embarrassment to the club because of what I've done. Chris Waters on Twitter, the Yorkshire Post journalist, accused Azim Rafiq of having a screw loose, bearing in mind that Azim had his mental health issues not long before. Chris Waters of the Yorkshire Post, who wrote on behalf of the club effectively for 16 months and didn't cover this story at all, impartially or too two-sided. Um, I Some of the stuff I've been sent by people over the last 16 months, like I am the problem here. I am the problem because I am standing up against a club that's shown racism. I'm sorry, but I can look myself in the mirror after the last 16 months. Can everybody that supports Yorkshire? I don't think so. A disgrace to the club you don't work for anymore. Uh, yeah, I'm not um, a disgrace, Knuckle. I was an embarrassment, not a disgrace. Thank you. I'm not. Don't don't downgrade me. <laughs> fine, fine, fine. Uh, there, there is a case. Uh, Chris Waters at the Yorkshire Post of local journalist overboard, um, or very much on board. Actually, I think was probably more of the problem. Um, mm. That um, he's an excellent writer, Chris. I'm not going to slag him off for his writing. He's excellent, but I think the way he's actually done his job 
um, over the last 16 months isn't good. And I think telling me that I'm an embarrassment is a little bit pot and kettle and black. As a, there hasn't been that professional scepticism. As, as, as someone who's just come out, just come out of a journalism course, um, the fact that somebody would use their journalistic training to be a mouthpiece to that extent really does. Um, there's, no, there's nothing wrong with making forging relationships with the club and making contacts and having that a good relationship and you know and being close to somebody that's not a problem at all but all of when when was the when was the phone call made to Azim to say mate let's hear your side of this never there's um there's it's very much a um a Kelvin McKenzie method of uh an excuse isn't it of just automatically believing what you've been told basically becoming a shilk uh, McKenzie, obviously, being one of the people who's backed Michael Vaughan uh, in the last couple of days. But where, where's the journalistic um, skepticism and integrity to you know, corroborate, to check, to um, actually look at something and see, and think, does that smell right? Um, it does seem that it's just been uh, the party line uh, coming from the Yorkshire Post, certainly in the uh, articles that I've seen online. I mean, there's a lot of journalists have said to me last few days, you know, well done. And to be honest, I don't, I don't feel like it's well done. I keep people saying congratulations, well done, and thinking it's my club that's on its knees at the minute. I've got very mixed feelings at the moment about how this is this has turned out. But I'm very proud of Azim for doing what he's done and getting this far. It doesn't feel like well done because I've effectively kicked my my club in the guts and it's on its knees in front of the world at the moment, which isn't a pleasant feeling. But um, uh, the, the, the North, a lot of, have also said, I I either didn't notice this story or I should have written about it earlier. And yeah, you should, because this has been a story for 16 months and it shouldn't have been just the last two months or six weeks or four weeks that people started showing an interest. I'm just going to read something that Chris Waters wrote. And the fact that it is Chris Waters, whatever, but it is a senior figure the the main cricket writer at the main um paper in in the county incidentally their editor uh has also not covered himself in 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 glory in in his uh he did write a comment piece uh, about it not not very long ago uh but has also in fairness to him though they have might have been belatedly but they have changed tack on the way they've covered the story now but here is a from Chris Waters' story about Mark Arthur leading leaving uh, Yorkshire. Um, Martin Moxon, the Yorkshire director of cricket, is off with a stress-related illness, his own future in doubt, having been practically left broken by the strain of the of the past year. Andrew Gale, the first team coach, is currently suspended while the club investigates a tweet from eleven years ago that resurfaced last Friday. Gale admitted to using the Y word in relation to a football chant during a conversational exchange, unaware that it was an offensive term for a Jewish person, and immediately deleted the post when the meaning was explained to him. It appears that someone took a screenshot of the tweet, waited for 11 years, and then threw it on the bushfire. Wow. Guess where Chris Waters stands on... on, uh, in who from in from whose corner he's he's fighting? It, it, it's hard to really know what to 
what to say to something which is so obviously partisan. I, 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 th- I think we've spoken before and I, I've been quite naive in what I believe uh, the role of a journalist is. Um, but uh, but that's that you're a mouthpiece uh, when you write stuff like that. Uh, that's um, that's horrendous. Although I've seen similar from uh, respected uh, journalists um, when the Ollie Robinson uh, case came up uh, earlier this year um, about how you know an adult should not be accountable for their own actions uh, because it was uh, a while ago. And I do I do wonder about two things that I was reminded of when reading Azim's written testimony um the particularly the the tone of the national conversation when Adil Rashid missed Yorkshire's last game of the 2016 season because the story that came out immediately at that time was that he had chosen to miss that game for the the reasons given the for and that Andrew Gale was unhappy about it no mention at all was made of the fact that uh, that Alva Rashid's uh, grandmother was extremely ill and he was about to go on tour and might not be able to see her and was seriously worried that she might die. He was not able to put out a statement himself. He was not able to give his own side of the story until much later, by which time Yorkshire's side of the story had already run around the world and the national cricket press ran with Yorkshire's side of the story. Uh and then we have also Azim Rafiq not being able to his statement about the loss of his son, the loss of his stillborn son, uh, being pulled from the website before it went live. Um, but I'm, I want to go back to that. Um, I'm aware this has been going on for a little while, and we'll, this will be the, the the final point before we let everybody go. Thank you very much for your for your comments um, uh, and, your, and your time. Um, these are the when we're I've been involved in a lot of conversations and podcasts that would have gone on for a lot lot longer, but we have to have some level of uh, of, of structure. Um, that I think Neil Sungrey, but the <laughs> always it'll be very very interesting to see if the journalistic profession, um, something I'm trying to break into, um, so cards on the table there. But the, the, whether the cricket media has learned anything the next time something like this happens, the next time a player. Um, the, ne- the, le- the, the, the next time that this happens, something like that. I think happens. they have, and I think it's happened. Um, that said, um, there's a familiar partner in this. Um, it, it was it was when you noted that Adil Rashid. The story was that Adil had chosen not to play, and it was the word chosen because that is exactly what Joe Root said about Mo and Ali um, earlier this year in terms of uh, taking his um, previously agreed scheduled um, break during the three-month tour of the subcontinent, uh, the story that came out was that Moen had chosen not to play uh, for um, England. And it was George DeBell, yet again, who initially broke that that was complete falsehood and joe to his credit did uh apologize to moen by um by all accounts and chris silverwood 
explained to the um, to the press. Um, so there was um, a, an about face when uh, that happened again this time, but yeah, it did I, take uh, someone of the strength of George DeBell to highlight it uh, first. And it's a little different as well because Joe Root and Chris Silverwood both mentioned that that was a verbal misstep rather than a very deliberate choice, as it seems, on the part of uh, of Yorkshire to put it out that uh, that Aldo Rashid had let the 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 county down. James, um, just on George. I think it's worth noting. I mean, the, the reason I, um, after I spoke to Azim on the podcast, believed in his story, believed in him, tried to get some traction, tried to get it on Twitter, tried to get some answers from Yorkshire. Um, reason I phoned George and chose George was because A, I think he's the best cricket journalist there is. Um, and B, he's got a massive heart and he cares about people. And he has been absolutely gigantic over the last um, 15, 16 months since he wrote that first piece. Um, spoken to him a few times. He's been in regular contact with Azim as have I. And um, without George, this would not have got anywhere near as far as the um, House of Commons and uh, the Select Committee yesterday because he has that audience and people actually respect you know, what he writes and he writes it really well. So um, George needs to take a huge amount of credit out of the, the last... Yeah. Uh, I understand that George and Azim spent some time together yesterday after the DCMS hearing, and we are they very went for very some food. Neil, they went for food. Are you hungry? Eh? <laughs> we are very very lucky that Azim did eventually find some people in 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 his corner. Um, and now that we all are, uh, we have to keep backing up people like like Azim, Rafiq, and there are whistleblowing processes ongoing. I know at Essex, I know at Worcestershire, I know at Surrey. And Yorkshire. Few, Yorkshire now, and a few other counties as well. When, uh, when, and I'm saying when, not if, more people come forward, we know what to do. Um, thank you, everybody, for for joining uh, on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter. Uh, thank you for those of you who shared some very personal stuff. Uh, you, um, Lily, uh, you've, uh, and uh, we we thank you all for your for your time uh, and James. Uh, Can I say one last, one last thing um, before we go, Knuckle? Because um, you've got the controls today. Just on the over the last sixteen months, there have been some nasty comments. There have been some threats. There have been some idiots out there, and there still are. But there have also been some very good people on Twitter and on social media that have supported Azim all the way through, and he has noticed them, and he has been very grateful for them, and so have I. Um, whether you listened to the podcast sixteen months ago or whether you've kind of caught up as we've gone through. Um, thank you very much for the support over the last 16 months and uh, on that we will we will say goodbye this almost certainly will not be the last time that we talk about this on, on this or any of our other uh, of our other platforms but um, stay strong Azim if, if you do happen to, to hear this and um, take care everybody Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.